Okay. Uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, this is the first, I guess, trial run of our Madhouse podcast. Uh, my name's Connor Graham. I'm here today with Ryan Byrne. What's up? And, uh, yeah, figured we'd start a little podcast and just talk about everything that's going on in the world. Talk about our feelings and just kind of give a perspective of a couple of 20-year-olds living in, you know, the East Coast U.S. Yeah, and how everything's been fucked. Oh, especially lately. Oh, yeah. Especially lately. The past month or two have been beyond fucked. And it is absolutely wild, everything that's been happening. You know, I know personally it's affected me in a whole lot of ways I've expected and ways I haven't expected. What's the worst part of quarantine, you think? The worst part of quarantine for me is definitely the lack of social contact. Um... And, you know, me as a person, I'm a very, you know, touchy-feely kind of friend. Like, I'm the friend who will, like, hug you, and I'm the friend who will, like, you know, give you a piggyback ride or pick you up, you know, when you need it kind of thing. I, I'm a very social person, you know, even if I am more introverted. So, you know, having to, you know, keep my distance from everyone and not be able to really bounce around and hang out with people as much. Like, I mean, like, even last night, you know, I, I asked to go hang out with you know my best friend who i haven't seen in a while because of everything that's been going on because we've both been working a lot and everything like that i was like hey uh think i'm gonna go you know hang out with him and spend the night or whatever and my parents you know obviously within reason of course were <laughs> not too happy or thrilled about the idea um and you know i realized you know maybe it's not the smartest idea we're in a, a pandemic to go hang out but i don't know it's just you it slips your mind sometimes and you forget you know we're not allowed to or we shouldn't be within six feet of each other we shouldn't spend the night with our, our best friends we shouldn't hang out kind of thing and i think that's what's really getting me down the most is because yeah. i i can't see my friends and i can't go out and do the things i love doing and do the things you know i want to do and that sucks but i mean like I don't even have it, you know, I don't even hold a candle to how bad it is for you. Like, I don't know if you want to talk about that, but. I don't know. It's been weird. So, like, I had similar stuff where I wasn't going out a couple years ago from, like, medical stuff. Mm. And I guess it kind of feels like that was almost a trial run for this, where I was just mm. like, okay, I can't go and do a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm just going to be at home. And I guess it made me realize I was like, I needed to be okay with being bored. Because just being bored leads me to, like, want to do new things. And, like, kind of why I thought, like, talking with you about us starting a podcast was cool and everything. Because it's something that we haven't tried before. And, like, why not? Like, it's Wait, just fun. <laughs> I, you, both of us, you know, you probably would have more of a shot of doing something like this, given how, you know, the business you're in and everything you do. But, you know, for me, sitting down and doing this is, you know, something you think about doing. You're like, oh, that'd be fun. And, you know, you never really lead off with that. You never really do that. But the fact that we're actually sitting here trying to do this right now, you know, who knows? Maybe this will never work. You know, we don't, we end up stopping short or whatever. But I don't, I see, I see potential in this. And I see this being a lot of fun. And, you know, there definitely are some benefits to quarantine and the fact of like, I've started working out more 
which is something I've always wanted to do. Same. You know, I just sitting here and, you know, getting into this cycle of waking up late because I went to bed late, going to work, coming home, and then just sitting here doing nothing. It just, it got so stale so quick. And, it you know, crazy. Most people are thinking outside. like, oh, this is, this is awesome. You know, I, I get to sit down, I get to play video games. I don't have to go to work. Oh, I'm getting paid. But, you know, it, it hits you, man. It really does hit you psychologically. I always thought, oh, man, I would love to be home and be able to, like, play video games all day. Like, mm. growing up, that's why I was like, man, that sounds awesome. But oh, actually experienced, like, hey, you just are at home. You don't have anything to do. You can just play stuff all day. I realize now I'm like, I need other stuff. I need to be able to, like, talk with people. I need to be able to, like... The little things I miss. I miss going and go get coffee from somewhere and, like, having those small interactions with people. Yeah, like, oh, I'm I'm bored. You know, I woke up a little bit late. I'm kind of still tired. I'm really bored. I don't want to be home. Let me just go out and grab a coffee, you know, enjoy the scenery, and then kind of come back. And it's like, you can't really do that anymore because you put yourself at risk. And, like, yeah, obviously you can do it, but it's a very risk-first-reward kind of, like, is it really worth it kind of thing at this point. It's and you know, like it's crazy. It's, it's absolutely wild, because <laughs> you know the, when this first started, um, I was hanging out with a bunch of my friends one night, and you know none of us thought you know this is when it was first kicking off and everyone didn't know how big of a deal it was, kind of thing, and we were thinking like, wow, this is gonna be great. We're just gonna be able to hang out, do whatever we want, not have to worry about work or anything like that. Things are gonna be great, and. The next morning, uh, after we had all left and, you know, went back to our own separate houses and everything like that, one of our friends who was there hit us all up and was like, hey, guys, um, I've got a 102 fever and I'm feeling like absolute trash. And I'm sitting here in bed, barely able to move. And that's when it kind of hits you where you're like, oh, oh, no, that's wow. And you kind of realize like, holy shit, I might be at risk here. And, you know, probably wasn't the smartest idea to hang out. And, you know, obviously it turned out pretty well where he didn't have it. But, you know, in those two weeks that I was on self-quarantine because of that, I was thinking this was going to be amazing. You know, I'll just sit down, play video games all day, relax, watch TV, read a book, whatever. Things will be fine. By the fourth day, I was done. <laughs> like just... By the fourth day, I wanted to get the fuck out of the house. I don't. Maybe it's just me. I never expected it to get this crazy. Oh, absolutely not. No. Like, I thought it was going to be like, hey, it's bad, like, and stuff. But, like, growing up, like, we were young-ish when, like, swine flu happened. And, mm -hmm. like, similar situations, like, going through a pandemic is insane because you always have heard about them. And are always told, like, yeah, it was, like, terrible and stuff. But I guess for me, like, I couldn't fully wrap my head around it until starting to experience what it's like during it. Of course. You're, you know, you always, you know, see it in movies or you see it in, like, shows or, you know, you read about it and everything that's happened. And you're like, wow, that's really terrible. I can't imagine that. And then you're living in it and you're like, wow, no, this is much worse than I thought it was. <laughs> Um, 
especially with like how quickly i guess it really spiraled where like yeah i mean like we're where we where we live we didn't start getting cases until like the second wave of it and that's crazy to me because when we, this whole thing started off we're all sitting here and we're partying and having a good time worried about it. oh it's it's in europe it's it's you know it's like west coast u.s we're good you never we don't think have to it's worry. gonna be like right next to you yeah and then you wake up one day and you hear about 20 cases in the area and everything's locked down and places are closing and state of emergency all this kind of shit and you're suddenly like whoa it just went from what? like zero to a hundred like real <laughs> fast just like what happened in these three days guys <laughs> It was like Monday I was out getting McDonald's and then by Wednesday I was like I can't go outside I need to close the windows put bars on them and just like stay in and become a hermit. Let me take a Lysol bath real quick. Yeah. I had to make sure I'm clean. <laughs> How many things of rubbing alcohol do we have? Okay, I think we'll last for a week. Yeah, exactly. Like, hold on, wait. How much bleach do we have? No, that's not enough anymore. <laughs> Honey, grab the bleach, grab everything, a toilet paper you can find, and then we're going to spray the house with Lysol. Okay, We've but... only been the ones here. I don't care. Can, can we talk about the toilet paper for a second? <laughs> oh I my like that's god. Like, that's something I've never fully grasped. Um, You think yeah, essential products for the impending apocalypse. Essential. I'm going to be locked in the house for, for months. You think food? <laughs> you think water? Shit, man, you think tissues or some Lubriderm if you're that lonely kind of thing. <laughs> but I've never once considered, ah, yes, impending apocalypse. Bring me those toilet paper rolls. I must hoard them for my safety. Dude, I just gotta say, like, people who went in early on bidets, it's really paying off right now. Oh, absolutely. The people who are like, ah, oh, yes, bidets. You realize now that they're the ones who are ahead of the game. <laughs> I was on Amazon the other day, just like, oh, how much are these? Like, you know, maybe <laughs> just like grab one. Don't have to buy toilet paper anymore. Save costs in the long run. <laughs> yeah. Find one with a heated seat. Really treat myself, you know? It's, it's, it's <laughs> the day of the bidet market. Yeah, this is the point where the bidet market is clearly in the up and up. <laughs> And the day stocks are going on the rise. Whoever in the stock market was like, you know, I'm just going to throw 50 on the bidet market and see what happens. They're living right now. Oh, man. They're, those are the kings <laughs> of this time right now. But I don't like, know. Like, for the most part, I feel like with this, I end up having a weird, like, arc, I would say, where I started off and I was like, Everything's cool, like, I'm being safe and everything. And then I got to a point where I was like, oh, like, it's still going on. Like, I've been inside for a while. It's terrible outside. And then I was like, oh, Animal Crossing came out, and it didn't matter for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, Animal Crossing Doom Eternal could not have picked a better time to come out. They and I know that's the best window. <laughs> I know that's been, you know, memed on so much on the internet, but it's absolutely true, is they could not have picked a... There is not a chance in hell that a better time for a peak player base could have come out. Yeah. And, like, if you think about it as well, Cyberpunk 2020... Like I was going to say... Cyberpunk could have been there, too. 
if you know, Cyberpunk people... was here, like, during all this, I think it would have been a very different situation. I feel like a lot of people would have been hard into Cyberpunk that wouldn't have initially picked it up. Just oh, because absolutely. they were like, oh yeah, there's a new game out made by a company that, like, makes cool shit. <laughs> if you think about it, the, the definitely the CD Projekt Red people are saying, they're being like, no, no, we missed it. Dude, someone high up there must have just been like, fuck guys, why do you have to delay it? it some Look at the money we could have made. <laughs> there's definitely some interns that are saying they're like, in the unemployment office right now being like, shit. <laughs> and interns there just like, God damn it, guys. I tried, <laughs> all right? I did my best. We didn't know this was going to happen. <laughs> well, how the hell was I supposed to know a pandemic would start? It's just the intern sitting on, like, a toilet paper fort, though. Oh, absolutely. Like, he, he knew it was coming. <laughs> he's just there. He's like, God damn it, we had to push it back. We could have made so much money. And he's sitting there just, like, wiping, like, tears with toilet paper rolls. I could have doubled my <laughs> toilet paper supply if all had gone according to plan. Dude, what about all the people that went hard into toilet paper and were, like, trying to scalp it pretty much? I mean, that also leads into the, the what is it, the Purell guy? Oh my god. Whatever, where, if, if people listening don't know what that is, which I don't know how you wouldn't, it's been pretty popular, but there was a guy who, as soon as this thing started picking up, as soon as it started gaining wind or whatever, I think he was about, like, what, it was like 500 pounds of Purell? I, I think he was, ended up spending, like, $10,000 on Purell. Yeah, spent, like, 10 grand on Purell, and then was selling a bottle of Purell for, like, what, 50 bucks? Something yeah. like that? You sell, that like, sounds Purell, right. Like, for about 50 bucks, give or take, I want to say. You know, don't quote me if I'm wrong, but it was, it was a ridiculously scalped price. And Did you hear what happened to him? Oh, absolutely. I was, I was just about to get to that. <laughs> Sorry. Where he made so much bank off of that, that, of course, human bravado, human nature kind of thing, started flaunting it online. You know, posting Facebook. Oh, I'm making money off this. Oh, look at my Purell money. <laughs> I got there. that clean money now. Oh, money not even touched by germs. 99%. <laughs> and he's sitting there with his stacks of it. And some anonymous internet, you know, wizards teamed up, I guess. And ended up finding... You know, all of his stock, finding the warehouse where he was keeping his Purell stock, and signed him up to have donated all of that to charity. Okay, so when I first heard it, it was police raided the place and mm -hmm. found, like, all the stuff that he was stocking up on. And they yeah. were like, yeah, we really should, like put you in jail for this because it's during a pandemic and you're trying to, like, price gouge people. Yeah. And he got off lucky by having to donate everything. Did you hear about the guy that ended up doing something kind of similar with face masks? No, I don't believe I've heard that. Oh, some guy had made a contract and sold to the government saying that they were going to sell 10 million face masks or something to the government for, like, however much. And 
they found out that he literally just made it up. He didn't have anything. So he literally was there, and they just were like, so, uh, these face masks you have. And he was just like, uh, what? And <laughs> I think they ended up giving him, like, 20 years in prison. 20 years in prison. Jeez. I mean, they also tying in something not exactly similar, but, you know, just crimes during this whole pandemic kind of thing. There was that one woman who was charged with, what, was it three federal offenses? For, I don't know if you've heard about this, there was the, the, a woman who went into a grocery store. Oh. And she was threatening to cough on people. And, you know, threatening, you know, just like, oh, I'm going to get people sick. Oh, I'm going to get people sick on purpose. I hate people. <laughs> and I believe she coughed on 85 units worth of store goods. Oh, my God. And the police end up coming in and arresting her. And she was charged with acts of terrorism, intended terrorism, and like a whole bunch of other things. It was like three federal charges, a whole bunch of fines, and like several like minor, minor federal demeanors kind of thing. Like this woman was chartered as a terrorist. Did you hear about the person that was licking ice cream in a Walmart? I mean, there's the, there's the whole, what, Corona challenge or whatever? Oh, yeah, that girl that licked a toilet seat? Licked the airplane <laughs> toilet seat. The saying, thing, I don't care if people get sick. The thing that was crazy about the person that was licking ice cream was it was charged as heavily as Tylenol murders back in the Jeez. 80s when they were doing that. Because it's considered tampering with the, like, consumer goods. So she got, like, sent through the ringer pretty much on, like, charges for everything. I, what makes someone think that's a good idea? Okay, can we talk about the whole corona challenge period? Who the hell thinks that's a good idea? Yes, let's go around and lick random objects. <laughs> like, are people that desperate for content these days? Yeah, are, are the TikTok follows worth it? <laughs> I, TikTok has some weird people on there doing stuff that I never thought was a good idea. Listen, I've always been, you know, the person where I was late to Vine. Yeah, I wasn't Same. into Vine until Vine was dead. And I'm, I'm watching the compilations at 2 in the morning going, <laughs> that's funny. You know, never been into TikTok. Can't ever say I've been into TikTok. I think I've watched, like, the amount of TikToks I've watched, I can count on two hands kind of thing. Like, I've never watched that many TikToks. The ones I've seen, they've been pretty good. But I've just, I don't know. The, seen... Also, why did TikTok just, like, didn't it start off where it was, like, people having music and stuff that they were going to? It, and then it was... one day it feels like it just swapped to Vine, like, content completely. Well, it, it started off as, I think, musically. Yeah, well, you're right. And... I think it's like people just kept using that to make memes and were like, oh, we should be able to, to quote movies. We should be able to do this, do that. And suddenly TikTok was like, I got a big brain idea. And, you know, they gave people the ability to do all these things that they're doing currently. And Vine 2 was born, even though it's not even close. I just um, want to go back to something Hey, guys. 
<laughs> What's up, Chris? Welcome, Chris. We are in the middle right now. We were just talking about uh, the whole like TikTok trend for like the Corona challenge where people are going around licking stuff. Oh, my God. Actually, that's hilarious that you brought that up because the one of the girls who started it used to go to my college. Oh, really? man. Yeah. Um... She was in the same year as uh, actually this graduating class. I, d- I didn't know her all that well. And she had apparently dropped off, dropped out sophomore year, so my freshman year. So I didn't get to meet her. But my f- buddy Sean and my other friend Ryan Cassidy, they knew her. And she keeps popping up on their like Facebook uh, mutual friends and like people you might know. Mm-hmm. And they go and they just see the sort of shit she posts. And it was later found out that she was the first one to lick the airplane toilet seat. Oh my she, god. She was or wasn't? She was. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and so... It's... Was she always that dumb? Apparently so. Oh, I mean, like, man. They say ignorance is bliss, but I feel like that's a bit much. Oh, yeah. I want to bring it up, um, going back to, like, games that were coming out during quarantine, the mm-hmm. fucking sleeper hit Warzone is for quarantine. Oh, absolutely. Warzone... Like, no one I... expected that. Warzone blew the fuck up. I, I didn't even know Warzone was a thing. And then a week later, a week l- later, excuse me, a week later, I'm, what, $50 deep into paying into it, and I'm like... Like, we I got the battle pass, and we're, like, this. figuring out our loadouts. No, nah, nothing was better than fucking impulsing by, by Enter the Gungeon and Monster Hunter World. I, I feel swear, like right? now has been the time to, like, clean through backlogs. Mm-hmm. Which is, funny enough, that's what I've been doing the whole quarantine. You know, I, I have a Steam library, not to brag, of about 280 games. Some of them good, some of them bad. Uh, accumulated over many, many years kind of thing. I have played through to completion probably about 30 of them. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's, it's the whole situation where you're sitting there and something goes on sale and you're like, ooh, shiny new rock for my rock collection. <laughs> and you, then... you go ahead... Ooh, another one. And you, you go ahead and you buy it and suddenly you've got Bayonetta for $2. <laughs> And you go ahead and, you know, what, three years after buying it or whatever, you go ahead and play it. And I absolutely had a blast with that game. You know, I was not expecting to like it as much did as I did. Did you finally finish it? I beat it in three days. Oh, my God. Which, so, you know, given how it's a platinum game with a whole bunch of, re- like, replayability kind of thing, you unlock different difficulties, whatever, it's not that long. It was, like, 16-hour story. What was that the was game you played right before Bayonetta? Right before Bayonetta. Um, uh, Octopath Traveler. Octopath? Yes. So. Uh, go ahead. With RPGs right now, like, it feels like they're the perfect thing. You can dump a whole bunch of hours into it. Oh, um, the perfect time sink. Another thing that's crazy, it's not out yet, but tomorrow, uh, we're getting Chimera Squad for XCOM. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, 
and no one heard anything about this. Like, I remember Warzone, they gave a teaser a little bit beforehand, I remember, mm -hmm. but this whole XCOM Chimera Squad, no one heard anything about it till just I... the other day. Yeah, really I saw the ad. Drop. I was talking with Connor on Discord, and I saw the ad, and I was like, "Oh, is this just like a comic movie?" Because uh, the trailer for it had that like a, uh, you know, the amazing uh, Into the Spider Verse look to it, like that uh, vibe. And then Best I went movie. to go play the actual best animated movie of all time. And then I went to go see the actual trailer and everything, and I'm like, "Oh, it's an actual." game like what and then there's like so many new variables in the game like you can have aliens on your squad and then you have breach points it looks insane yeah i went on my xcom binge recently you guys know yep, um my you, guys there, Doom guy. <laughs> you guys were there ex experiencing with me i went on a, an xcom bender where <laughs> Uh, I sat down and played XCOM for, I think, three days straight, like, almost all hours of the day, having a blast with it, and then ended up getting bored of the base game and modding the hell out of it and going back and doing an Iron Man run. Uh, you know, I love XCOM. I've been having a blast with XCOM, period. Every time I play it, it's just so enjoyable. And for Chimera Squad to just, you know, drop tomorrow, two days, actually, two days. I think it's the 24th that it comes out. Okay. Um, when Chimera Squad you know, Ryan brought it to my attention. I was at work on my 15 minute break and I got a text from Ryan being like, Hey, you seen this? And I look at it. I'm like, no, I ain't seen this, but I know I'm getting it. Dude, being that <laughs> standalone for 10 bucks right now. It's $10. It's $10 pre-order. Yeah. Pre-order. I think the sale goes till May 1st, actually, where it's like a, a $10 sale. And then it's twenty dollars normally, which for a standalone game, due to standalone like DLC, that's that's pretty solid. Is it a DLC for XCOM Two, or is it just like a standalone game by itself? Standalone it? game, all on its own. Yeah, yeah. entirely on its own. Well, I guess see if uh, that sale is on PS4 then. Dude, but I never got into XCOM, but for it's some such a reason, fun game. Watching you play through it, I was like. Oh shit, like, I need to get into this. Watching you, like, have crazy as hell characters that would just, like, do shit where it's like, Oh yeah, I got two pistols, uh, let me just uh, pop this guy that's, like, 30 feet away from me. Let me, let me get three attacks. You know, let me, let me, you know, three attacks, that's, that's baby shit. Let me get four or five attacks in one round. Just because <laughs> every time bashing. I get kill, I reset. Like, I, it, the community, which I've noticed for that game, the modding community is especially dedicated to making quality content, which is ridiculous, because I think that most of the quality mods I've seen have been, like, from two different people. Like, the same two people are sitting down and being like, this is going to be my life's work <laughs> to make Someone the best mods Someone in there is game. like, yo, I want to just make some guys in XCOM look like a clown. Why not? And, and I think... I looked at one of the, like the biggest mod maker for the XCOM's pages. I think he had like three and a half K hours into the game. Like this is a man who lives and breathes XCOM. That's and the guy that you want making mods in games though. I'm surprised. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm not surprised because he made a lot of copyright stuff mods, but 
I'm surprised Fraxis hasn't reached out to him and been like, hey, you want a spot? You make good content. Have you ever heard about the situations with, like, Blizzard doing that with people? Or, like, have you ever heard of people, like, hackers getting jobs at companies for Did security? Did Bethesda do that? Oh, I want to say, like, Blizzard's done it, like, Bethesda probably has done it, like, uh, a Rockstar ton of places. I remember reading that one. The people that are modders for games are the people that you want to work for you. Because, because when you look know- at it, like, they're the people that have sat there and played hours of your game and are, like, super into it. Like, they're knowing every little detail, even at times stuff that they themselves don't even know and are able to improve or iterate on that in some way like i know the game isn't popular now but daisy at a point was that it was the mod that people would buy arma for i mean i personally i bought arma for daisy and i would never have touched arma otherwise no offense like arma or armor community whatever that's just not my type of game yeah same but I've never played an Arma game. Watching Daisy and watching like YouTube people, God, that, there's one guy who I can't even remember. I think it was Frankie on PC in 1080p. But he just had this whole really cool Daisy playthrough where he would like role play and make a story and like sit down and you know have cool ass encounters and narration and everything like that. And it was really cool to watch. And that spurred me to go out and buy it. And of course, my computer couldn't run it, so I booted it up, and I got dropped in the middle of Cherno, and I'm running around at 2 FPS going like, this game sucks! <laughs> you're in Cherno, and some dude's like, hey, yo, come here, and uh, you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing, and he's just like, helping you for like an hour, until all of a sudden he's just like, yeah, I'm done, and just shoots you, and you're just like, <laughs> fuck that dude! Yeah, you're like, you're like, I thought we were friends, man! Now, you know, I was gonna make you my kid's godfather, and you did this to me? The dude's just, sit, like, laughing, blasting hip-hop in the background. <laughs> He's hot-miking Eminem, and you're sitting yeah. there, and you're like, what a world. You're like, dude, hot mics, I feel like they are a lot less common from, like, years ago now. But I think that was, like, peak gaming. Okay, but the hot mic subspecies of gamer is a very rare... And like beautiful breed in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, speaking of speaking of one of the hot micers we encountered recently, there was the guy in Warzone. Can't even remember his name. Clearly, just a dude playing from his PS4. He's got his Alexa blasting, you know, any kind of hip hop, whatever he's got going on, and he's sitting there, and then his kids in the background screaming. His <laughs> like his wife or baby mama or someone comes up. And they just start going at it, fighting in the middle of the match. Just, like, full-on, just, it doesn't matter. Full-on screaming. And this man's, this man's gameplay did not waver, period. <laughs> this man was, like, popping people left and right, getting kills, buying reses, doing everything. And he's, like, having it out with his wife the whole time. He's like, he's like, what the fuck you mean I didn't do this? And then she's like, ah! hilarious just back and forth dude i think like multiplayer games like that like call of duty back in the day halo those were the games where like you would get on and it was like people were just saying the worst shit 
and you either had to learn to deal with it or get clever enough with comebacks because there was no other way to survive in those games. Well, if, if, if your comeback game was trash in like 2012, 2013, you were dead. Yeah. Your, 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 your online gaming presence was completely just killed off. If See, you're that's that why game, I always mute my, uh, muted my mics. I'm like, I have no comeback game. If, yeah. if, you're, if you're that kid in like Halo 3 lobbies or like Modern Warfare 2 lobbies where someone's like, yo, get good loser. And you're like, oh, your mom. Like, you're done. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you had to a... learn as a kid to be like, nah, fuck this dude. Like, you gotta come at him with like the uppercut when he's expecting a jab. Just like, you gotta throw him off. Literally, the, the Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey Jr. scene of like, He's he's planning through the whole thing. He's like, discombobulate, elbow block, you know, shatter three shattered ribs, shattered draw, like full psychological recovery, three months. Dude, it, you would get into a match and you're just like playing the game and trash talking, and this guy was like six steps ahead. He had a paragraph typed out in Xbox message, just like ready to go for if he got killed. He's ready. It's like. It, re- it makes you think it really was a sink or swim time for gamers. It really like, was. Like, there was the experienced people who were like, they've been there. They were there when that started. They knew what to do. And then there's us, the younger generation coming in. It's like, we need to learn how to do this. Like, I can't just be that squeaker on the mic. Dude, it's hilarious because I feel like as us growing up playing those games we learned that and we're at a point now where we have to like carry on the torch like we gotta trash talking games and make sure people learn how to get clever comebacks and like i know for me personally when someone has something like really smart as a way to come back at me for like trash talking because yeah i play games i get toxic like it's just how i am i get mad and to just go from having that situation growing up, you need to be the one to bring that to them to hopefully make them learn as well as we can. Although Isn't Zoomer it? memes, fucking, I don't know how they do it. They're just on top of that shit all the time. It It's really crazy thinking about it because it's kind of like both a rite of passage as a gamer you know to deal with shit talking and you know figure out comebacks and clever comebacks for like shit talking and how to handle that and how to handle toxicity it's kind of like a rite of passage where it's like once you reach that stage where you can like deal it you're really like in there and it's also kind of like a really good way to like grow up it really was bringing it back honestly to games that have been you know the top of the quarantine list and like games that have come out or that we've been really into over quarantine for me, personally, I've never played an Animal Crossing game before. Oh, man. Like, period. I still haven't. And New Horizons came out the same time Doom Eternal, and I bought both of them because uh, I have poor impulse control. But <laughs> sitting down and playing Animal Crossing, I realized a couple things. It's that, one, sometimes the simplest concepts and the simplest executions can be the most enjoyable Because, like, when you sit down and you hear about a game where it's like, yeah, you fish and you catch bugs and you sell it to make money to sell off your mortgage. Doesn't sound that fun. 
Yeah, it's 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 bizarre job pay off your mortgage adult simulator. That doesn't okay. sound too fun to me. But <laughs> sitting down and actually playing it for the first time, and you know, sitting down and being like, "Oh, wait, this is actually fun." <laughs> So yeah, I want to get into the game Stardew Valley. Sorry to cut you off, Ryan, because it seems like a very similar game and something my laptop can run. It, dude, Stardew and Animal Crossing are great, and Harvest I've always Moon. seen those games as not like I don't know. It's weird. I I guess it's go hard fun. into them, but it's therapeutic. The idea that I can wake up every morning and be like, all right, I'm going to go talk to my villagers, get a DIY recipe, go check out the shop, like, see what furniture's on sale, like, yo, what's in there? Like, doing that stuff each day, I know for me personally, it's like, hey, it's nice to have what I feel like almost is like a chore that I have to do each day. But yeah. like, it's not a chore that I feel bad about doing. Like, it feels good to get on and be like... Oh, like, this shop's upgrading, like, I don't know what you expected going into it fully to, like, Animal Crossing, Connor, but I feel like a lot of people have had similar experiences where they were like, oh, I don't really know about this game, and then because of everyone being inside right now, that game has gained, like, a crazy following with, like, oh. people just going insane no with it. I mean, th there's a website for turnip prices. Like, that's crazy to me that people are like, like it's it's gotten that big that fast where people are already buying domains for like, these are the best turnip prices right now. Sell, sell, sell. Oh, you need a, <laughs> it's like a stock market for in-game video and currency. And like, that's, that's not unheard of, obviously. But for Animal Crossing, that's, that's incredible to me because when I was going into it, I was like, oh, cool. This is a game that, you know, I'll sit down I'll play for like an hour and I'll get bored of. And then here I am like waking up three days in a row being like, oh, well, got a fish. Got a dude, it's like garden. 11 o'clock at night. You're like, dude, I just need to catch one more tarantula and I'll sell it when Flick comes by the next time and make more money on it and pay off this one mortgage. Able sister's going to open tomorrow. Like the, the funniest part and the kind of most endearing part of it was the camaraderie that came out of it. Oh, when it's there's so like, good. When there's three or four of us even sitting down in the Discord call at two in the morning, giving each other strategies to farm tarantulas or like <laughs> best places to like catch certain fish and everything like that. Or, hey, I got shooting stars on my island. Come on over. Like, <laughs> it's so wholesome. And I think that's kind of what everyone needed right now. And no, like, absolutely. that coupled with Doom. Where Doom is the game where you're like, yo, fuck this, I'm just gonna go play, I wanna kill stuff, I wanna feel like a badass. And then Animal Crossing, the far end of the spectrum, just like, oh my god, I got new flowers, I'm gonna make them crossbreed and grow a fruit farm. It gives, like, a, such a good uh, feeling of control when you can do these, especially in like, this corona time where, like, barely anyone has control over anything. It, it's... It's a nice slice of life that we all realize, like, didn't know we needed. And that's what I think is the most important part of it. And what's so cool about it is the fact that we are unable to, like, some of us especially aren't able to go out right now, period. There's people who are very, very vulnerable, people who like, you know, are at risk where if they catch this at all, they're likely to die. 
And, you know, thinking about those people where they're literally trapped inside their houses, they can't leave, they can't do anything, they can't see the people they love or do the things they want to. To just have this game that's so simple and sweet and wholesome and has such a good, strong community behind it, it's what we all needed and didn't realize we did. For them to be able to wake up and tend to a garden or go fishing or like, you know, chop down some trees, sell some fruit. Like, (laughs) it's so cool. Dude, something about those first few days on Animal Crossing when everyone was like talking to each other and was just like, yo, what fruit you got? I got apples. Like, oh, you got apples? I got oranges. Like, let's trade each other so we can sell them on our island. And like, seeing everyone just go and be like, I'm going to make this island exactly how I want it to be. And seeing the different, like, visions that people had for them, like, you went and made a orchard on your island, like, right away, like, you I... got that shit down to a science, and I'm I... still <laughs> jealous, dude, like, I have no idea how you could set that up. I literally brought the industrial era into my Animal Crossing island in, like, the third day, where by the third day, I had perfectly, like, spaced out perfect view segment trees, where it's like, yes, these are all apple trees, these are all oranges, peaches, etc. I just have to go down the line, shake the tree, sell the fruit, and I've made, like, 40k. In five minutes. Like... <laughs> it's so crazy to and think... Then getting people like Megan, who, like, they had such creative views for it, where it's like, I'm gonna make a pizza place, because I can. I, like, I never thought of, like... It's always interesting seeing someone else's island... Because other people are, like, thinking about, oh, I want to make this in the game instead. And seeing that stuff and being like, oh, that's a really cool idea. I'm going to do, like, my spin of it on my island and stuff. It seems cool because it's something that, like, you don't see right now, like, how everyone's doing and what they're doing personally. Unless they're, like, on social media. I It's crazy to see, like... How everyone makes it their own. And then, honestly, you could bounce ideas off of people. It's like, I went to your island and I saw what you were doing, where like you were putting down the stencils to make a pathway. And I was like, wait a minute, that's cool as hell. And so I went ahead and went back and immediately started doing that too. And it's like, the, the fact that it's so easy and so cool to personalize it and make it your own is I think the coolest part of it. And then of course when you get too pissed off because Nook's charging you one mil to renovate your house or whatever, you just go and kill some demons and doom. Exactly. You're like, screw this, I need some glory kills right now and just like get ready to go. Let me let me rip the eye out of a caco demon real quick. You know, let me <laughs> let me slaughter hordes of the damn so I can fill my my angry soul from my lack of ability to pay a debt to a fucking Tanuki. So you mentioned making things your own, and that got me thinking about another thing that we've been doing recently with quarantine, which is my hero, and Ooh. going through watching a whole lot of that. And such a good show. You have watched it. I have never I've seen watched. My Hero Academia before. I've seen like memes of it, but that's it. Now, actually getting into the culture, I'm watching like two seasons in like a week. 
How are you feeling? I dude, I feel dumb for not watching it earlier. I feel yeah, like that show is a lot of like the ideas and just like it's got good messages behind a lot of the characters. When this show first awesome. came out, I was one hundred percent against watching this show. I thought it was dumb. I didn't like the art style. I'm like it's overhyped, and I'm never gonna watch this show. Chris, I was in the exact same boat. Minus the art style, I thought the art style was really cool. But I'm sitting there, and I'm like, really, another basic shonen anime? What this dude's gonna be overpowered? This dude's gonna just not have any trouble beating anyone? It's gonna be really boring, really stale. And exactly. then you get, then you get like the third episode where the first punch is thrown, and, and you're like, like, oh, okay, when, okay. When this sixteen-year-old freckle-faced loser breaks both of his legs jumping into the air, and then breaks his arm punching a like a ten-story robot into pieces. That's when you're sitting there and you're like, okay, maybe the show has something. <laughs> Dude, so I'm used to animes where it's, like, a little bit slow for a while, and then, like, you really get to good parts. Like, I love Dragon Ball and stuff. Like, that was an anime that I really enjoyed growing up. I don't think it's the best anime, but, like, that's what I expected this to be similar to going in. It's so fast-paced. The first episode, I was like holy shit that was already over and i was like yo we gotta start the next one like we gotta keep going to a point where like we spent what six hours the other day watching my hero because i was just like sitting there and just like yo that was sick i want to keep figuring out what happens next in the story we, we watched 18 episodes in one sitting which i know for some you know professional bingers that's not a lot but <clears throat> me but for someone like me who's working 40 hours a week and someone like Ryan who, like, has editing work to do and stuff like that, it's hard to find the time to sit down for a while, even in these, try like, challenging times to just sit down and watch a show together and, like, bond over that. So for us to sit down and binge 18 episodes in one sitting, that just is it's a testament to the show. Yeah, Dude, I, because... think, I think when I first started watching My Hero, they were already on season three and uh i think like a four or five episodes in and i was able to get up to that point within a day i was like i cannot put this down this show is too good like i constantly have to have my phone plugged into the wall because i i did not leave my room and if i did i carried my phone with me uh to watch it it is insane it's a true testament to how addicting the show is and how good of a show it is where the 20 minutes of the show flow so quickly you hear like you're you're snapped out of the trance that you were in by the ending theme and how jarringly different it is from what's happening on screen oh you're like God. wait a minute what 20 minutes have passed wait so what when i first was watching it and they like did the whole thing where it was like hey here's all of the characters right now i was like Oh god, this is too much, like, I need to hold off for a sec, and I thought I wasn't going to remember any of them. But then, like, you know, four or five episodes later, I'm like, oh, yo, Todoroki's, like, pretty cool, I can dig his abilities with his quirk, and, like, seeing everyone's, like, it's not just, 
about Deku. It's about the entire class of, like, Hero Class A and stuff, and, like, what everyone there is going through. It's so cool that it is like that, and how the main character of the show has less of an interesting backstory, like, in comparison to one of the background characters, which is Shoto Todoroki, where the man has... The man has such a shonen protagonist backstory. Oh, where I'm not, I'm not gonna spoil. Is, it's it's insane. Yeah. I'm not gonna spoil anything. I'm not gonna say anything in case anyone wants to go out and watch it because we're saying all this. But the fact that the background character has more immediate thrown in depth than the main character and more drive, it, it's hilarious. Period. And I think that's what they were going for. But the fact that you're like watching and it's focused on the one character but you still care about and want to see the growth and potential and just love every single other character they show like you go into it and they throw a cast of like what 20 characters in yeah and i remember ryan immediately you were like i'm not gonna remember any of these fucking people and the last session we're sitting there and you're like man dude Oh, Sato's quirk is really, you know, grown over yeah. the past couple episodes. I'm really cool. That's really cool to do that. Oh, I didn't know Koda could talk. That's really amazing. Like, oh, right. I forgot Koda reveals he can talk. It's like... Dude, seeing, like, all of these characters grow, like, through their arc and stuff, it really does, mim- like, mirror the stuff that you would see in a regular class. Where, like, first day of school, like, a lot of people don't know each other, and they're just there to do their work. But throughout time, like, you get to know people better and, like, want to know what's going on with them. And, like, you hear why they're, like, in that class or whatever. And it really does a good job at, like, making you feel like you are hearing the stuff that's going on with them like you would in any, like, school setting. It has the most realistic flow and character growth that I've ever seen in a show. In the sense of, like, you can see, background or foreground, the slow transition of, we're all new students who barely know each other, to, I am now friends with this person. I'm caring about this person individually. We're forming a clique in our classroom. Like, you can see every little detail where, like, these characters have grown closer and they're going to bond together and they form a little friendship and form a little clique. Dude, the friendly it, rivalry, Ida and Deku, is so good, and I never expected off, it. It starts off with such a dick-measuring contest, where Ida's feeling everything Deku's doing is such a personal attack on his character, and how, like, I'm, I've misjudged you, I didn't realize what you were truly going for, that's my fault, I'm gonna get better than you, I'm gonna improve myself because you've given me this chance to. Like, you've shown me what I can be, and what I should be, and because of that, I'm going to push myself. And that's fantastic. And seeing him grow as a character and seeing their friendship literally go from like a casual kind of high five to the brotherly manly fireman grep. Like oh, grip where so they grab good. each other, lock eyes, and they're like, you are my brother. Like you can see the growth and feel the growth. And that's incredible. To and see... personally, <laughs> seeing you, Ryan, someone who's never been hooked on any anime other than like, you know, what was it? Cowboy Bebop, or like stuff like that, where you literally like you have like, yeah, I'll watch it. Like I had to sit there and convince you like, dude, you got to watch this show. And you're like, I'll give it a shot. OK, 
and you sat down and you watched it. And after the first episode credits hit, you're like, so wait, we're doing this, right? We're watching this, right? This is this is happening now? Yeah. <laughs> like, you've had, uh, maybe it's just me, but I've had a ton of experiences where it's like, someone goes to show you something that they're like, yo, dude, this is great. And they just like overhype it to death. Oh, and then you get into it and it's like, to have that expectation where I'm like, oh, people are just overhyping this. And then to come in afterwards and be like, oh, wait, they weren't wrong. Like, seeing all of these characters uh, go through stuff and just, like, dude, I'm seeing, like, suplexes from, like, the characters oh for attacks. I'm, like, losing my mind. Like, this is amazing. Seeing all crazy stuff like that. But, Someone like, getting punched what are the, the great things? Dude, every show. time Deku improves and gets a better idea of how to use his quirk, it feels good. You feel like you are growing with a character and, like, learning with him, and it's not just him learning on his own. And, like, it, it's, it starts off where, like, they do the whole quirk, over like, narration thing where it's, like, it tells you how the person's power works and what they do and all little interesting tidbits about it. And you're like, yeah, cool, I don't care. And then you're like, you're waiting for it. And you're like, tell me, Mike, tell me what he's got. Tell me. Tell me his power. Like, Let me see a Detroit smash. About this show is like, it doesn't follow a lot of the like normal anime tropes. Like a lot of times, like the main character usually has plot armor or you can tell that they're going to win this battle or they're going to be top dog or bottom dog and uh, be the best underdog of the school. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the these, protagonist syndrome. Yeah. So a lot of these episodes don't have that. Like, you see Deku, Deku fail quite often, and you see the, like, side characters kind of smash him and, like, outshine him all the time. It's insane to see that stuff, because, like, coming into it, I was like, oh, yeah, he's just going to, like, figure out how he uses Quirk and win, and, like, minor spoilers here. Uh, I was figuring he was going to win the, like, first, like, sports festival or whatever it was for the mm, school. Same, when I first saw that. And then to have him lose, I was like, wait, what? Like, I didn't expect it to happen because I feel like it was just the trope where it was like, oh, yeah, he overcomes it and everything's cool. He figured it out. But to not have that happen, I think, makes the show much more engaging because you really feel like you don't know what's going to happen in these fights. It's truly a show that subverts your expectations where you go into it thinking it's going to be like any other show where it's like, oh, he's against a foe that's way too strong for him and he's going to last minute unlock a hidden ability of his power that he couldn't master before but now can suddenly master and win. It, nope. it gives it gives you a healthy dose of loss. Dude, with every where... episode here, I feel like it is making a strong contender for like one of my favorite animes now. I literally have a poster of it on my wall, and I have posters for, like, nothing. Like, I've got a Marvel poster, I've got a My Hero poster, and i got a Naruto poster I got from a game pre-order. Dude, I got, so like, like, the same situation. It's like, here's three games slash movies that I'm into, they're the only things I'm going to show here. But see, I don't the only know. poster I currently have is from my sister hung it up years ago, and it's a Percy Jackson the Lightning Thief poster. I mean, hey, man, you need something on your wall. And if that's Logan Lerman as Percy Jackson. <laughs> I mean, 
the actual posters I have um were not uh, advertised by these people, but I fucking love them. Displate, they do. Uh, metal oh posters. yeah, I got some. They're awesome. They. I know. I I have three of them. I have uh Naruto in uh eight tails mode on a red sun. I have one of my favorite game series, Metal Gear Solid. I just have Metal Gear uh, Rex. Yeah. on a horizontal one and it's just it's beautiful because it's not like it's almost watercolor like japanese watercolor and then my sister got me one of a uh, uh, japanese style mountains Displate's great please sponsor us yeah. yes oh my <laughs> Displate sponsors us please oh my god i fucking love that company i want to buy currently more not them. sponsored but <laughs> we're not display you're a fantastic company and now i want to buy these things so thanks guys connor connor <laughs> after we're done Go look at the catalogs. They have animes. They have video games. They have movies. They have books. And okay, now we're starting to sound like a sponsor. <laughs> we're gonna get off. The, uh, okay. This plate though. But, but <laughs> going back to my hero, it's really cool seeing the growth in these characters, and it's not something that I normally see in an anime where I feel this attached to a character this quickly, and like seeing the group of people that like the fandom of it in like previous conventions and stuff that we have been to and like I've gone to it's crazy to see and understand now why people are so into this show and like it so much and to just think about it and be like oh this show really is that good it has reason to like be something that tons of people recommend nowadays it's one of the most realistic unrealistic shows if, if that See, makes any sense. It, no, I get what you're saying. The th Like, I couldn't get into One Punch Man because I felt it was just too over-the-top for me. And, like, See, I normally love over-the-top stuff. Like, wrestling is hilarious for that in general. I love games that, like, are self-aware and stuff. Stanley Parable is a very good example of that, of a game that knows what it's doing. And to see... A show that knows what it's doing and knows what you expect and will go out of its way to, like, throw you off with it is new. Like, you don't normally see that. It's honestly, I don't say it lightly when I say that it's one of my favorite shows, like, ever. Like, I don't throw that around. We have a buddy of ours who throws around the word favorite, like, it, it, like favorite's water. But I truly mean it when I say that it is one of my favorite shows. Like, this is the show that I want everyone to watch. This is the show that I want everyone to love and get involved in so we could talk about it. And we could sit here and talk about the show for hours. Like, nonstop. I love this show. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites. Just because uh, when I first started watching anime, uh, like, human uh, fighting was not uh, the ones I watched. I did watch Naruto a lot, but that's because uh, uh, it was one of the first animes I was shown. But my probably my favorite anime of all time has always been a mecha one called Van Dread. And to me, nothing really tops that show. It's a very short show, and it does have a lot of like real like life hitting thoughts to it, like. It targets so many different like problems and 
it's honestly one of my favorites, but My Hero kind of comes close to that. I, I would say My Hero is in, is either top five or top four. All right, I have a question for you, which I know we talked about early on when I was watching. Mm. Who do you think, like, quirk and stuff, like, character-wise, each of us are like? Because uh, I remember this conversation clearly we, from the okay, first time. Are we saying who we think you uh you guys are who each or... other each other each We're other because if we if we go for ourselves it's you know your your view of yourself versus other people i feel like we should let other people give it to us just because that's more yeah. like this is what you give up so also i'm gonna go ahead and start off the bat and i'm gonna throw ryan and compare him to mr aizawa the professor <laughs> because ryan is the most laid-back dude i have ever met <laughs> <laughs> in the sense of like there could be a burning building and ryan would be like oh shit that's on fire and like i don't mean that in a bad way i don't mean that in like ryan's like so i mean that ryan is just so chill and like takes everything with a grain of salt and like never really cracks at least that i've seen i've seen him crack a couple times but i've never really seen him crack and that's kind of just like mr aizawa mr aizawa does not crack he is the man who's willing to go the extra mile when he has to he's the man who's willing to be there and do what he has to and push on and really give the whole definition of the plus ultra. But when the man's not doing that, he's chilling there with a Capri Sun in a, in a sleeping bag. Dude, when you first said that to me, I was like, nah, I'm not like that at all. And then we kept watching and I was like, Ryan, oh man, Aizawa exactly is like real cool. I can fuck with him. He's got like a lot of the same feelings. And I was uh, sitting there and I was like, yeah, you know, I can dig this. All right. Now, I'm not going to be self-centered and say, what do y'all think of me? So I'm going to say, what do we think of Chris? Because personally, for Chris, I'm stuck between Ricky Dosato, the sugar guy, or <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck between that or Kirishima. Oh. I, have oh. I have reasons for both. I want to hear Okay, so... So, wait, wait, I had an idea in mind, uh -huh. and you supported that, so I think it's the right one. I can see Chris's Kirishima 100%. Okay. Uh, for, the, for people who are listening who don't know Chris, Chris is a lovely person. Chris is, <laughs> I'm an Chris, asshole. He's an asshole when he needs to be. He's an asshole when he wants to be. But Chris, deep down, is generally a good person and is loyal to a fault. Yeah. Chris is the type of person where you could call him at four in the morning and say, I need you. And Chris would be like, okay, let me get my pants on. I'll be right there. Like, no, no, I'd come show up in my boxes if you needed me that bad. Chris is the definition of loyal. And Chris is the definition of friendship. And I have known Chris since... Coming from the guy who walked with me at 3 a.m. in a blizzard. I, we did go for a 3 a.m. blizzard walk, and we could we could talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> but Chris and Kirishima, the moment I saw Kirishima, Chris, I thought of you like, immediately when I first started watching the show. And for those of you who haven't watched the show, Kirishima, is, his, his power is hardening. He can harden his body to be like as strong as steel or something like that. Like he, The man is a walking tank. And... He his core beliefs are manliness, friendship, and strength. Like 
he never gives up on his friends even if the situation looks grim he is always willing to push forward and do whatever he has to do he is always there to be like i am a man i am going to like nut up or shut up he is the definition of that if there is a problem he's like all right let's handle this he's not all right how do we handle this it's all right we're doing this and that to me is chris so, but why were you suspecting Sugar Rush? I want to hear that. Uh, Chris also worked in a bakery for oh. most of his life. Nine uh, years. And Chris has these random bursts of energy where he's like suddenly driven by these core desires to do something. Where he's like, I'm going to go for a five mile run. Okay, it wasn't five miles. It was and then, 6.71. And then he crashes afterwards. And... That is the definition of Sato. That's his power. That's what he do. And that's why I was thinking that, because I'm like, Chris, you are Kirishima with the sugar rush. So, Ryan, I want to think uh, hear why you think I'm Kirishima, since you've only known me since, like, December. Uh, you, and this might be annoying to hear, uh, I feel as though you are very... Quick to head into something and not oh. worry about it, right, and just exactly figure that it's going and go right, and like you're going to handle it no matter what. So seeing him do similar things where he most of the time is just like ready to go into a fight. He doesn't care what's going to happen. He knows he can take the punches, and you have similar qualities. I feel where you're just like you're always ready to go into a battle for the people that you care about. And you, like, can be at a point where it's like, look, you can get, I don't see this often, uh, where you're, like, annoying to some, but it's because you care about them so much. And, like, you know that you really want to help them. I mean, like, how many times in this pandemic has Chris dropped us both off food? Like, in that time when we were quarantined, where Chris has quite literally just every day been like, yo, you want food? Like, I'm, I'm going out to pick up some food. You guys want me to drop Chris coffee? comes in clutch with the McDonald's when I need oh, it most. Oh, oh my, yeah. Fuck he me. doesn't realize it till, like, afterwards. But I'm, like, sitting there and he's like, yo, you want McDonald's? And I'm like, dude, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, I'll take a McNugget. The yeah, that was time... actually a fucking a funny ass day because uh, that was the day uh, uh, I want to drive out to. You know, I have a terrible problem with nicotine uh, for all our fans when we get them. So I I was just going out because uh, some of the stores had just reopened up. I'm like, wait, McDonald's is right next, almost right next door uh, to the shop. Fuck it, I'm gonna get McDonald's, and I knew Connor was. At work, so I didn't want to text him because I didn't think I could bring McDonald's uh, to where he worked. So I'm like, it would have been really funny if he did, though. I was like, oh, you know what? Let me ask Ryan. I'm like, all right. So uh, I was brushing my teeth to go out. I'm like, hey, Ryan, uh, uh, I'm going to go get some McDonald's. You want anything? He goes, oh, fuck yeah, man. Dude, I miss, with quarantine and everything, I really, truly miss those, like, 2 a.m. runs or like midnight runs to McDonald's where everyone's just like, yo, we're on Discord. Yeah, let's go grab some food. We're going to hang out for a bit, come back, play some League or something. 
Like, Which, that's the thing I think I miss the most. That itself is hilarious, Ryan, because you literally just explained how we met. I do. Um, for, to, to elaborate on that, Ryan is the younger brother of one of my coworkers, Owen, who is a great person. Love you, Owen. I miss you. Um, but uh, Owen was always like, yo, you should meet my brother. You guys would get along really well. You guys would vibe pretty well. And I was always like, okay, dude, whatever you say. Like, okay. And then we sit down and we play League of Legends one night for a couple hours. And it gets to like two in the morning. And Owen's like, all right, I'm going to head to bed. And then me and Ryan are sitting here barely like we've to- we've talked for like three hours that's it yeah three hours and then, total and then ryan's like you want to go to mcdonald's and i was like yeah okay and i drive to his house and i pick him up just meeting him and we drive to mcdonald's together and we sit down and we eat, we eat mcdonald's at two in the morning and that's how i kind of knew i was like yo this guy's a real one dude you know, that, that- it's insane to think that, like, we were just sitting there playing games, and all of a sudden, just both of us were like, yeah, we could go for McDonald's. And to just go out and just be like, yeah, this is a person that someone I know has met before. I don't know who it is. And just go and meet you and to learn, like, stuff about you and realize how good of friends we got over time. It's insane. It's it, it's so funny to think about. It's actually uh, kind of similar to how I met Ryan. It was uh, the beat ups day uh, where like everyone showed up. I'm like, uh, well, we had talked so about going like to seven of us. Yeah, seven or eight because I think Mike seven of uh, this. Oh, my bad. Yeah, it's fine. Just Mike. Mike um, uh, decided to show up, and I'm like, yeah, because. Uh, I had I knew most of the people who were going, but then you had you had the one friend show up. I don't remember her name at all. And then uh, uh, you told me Ryan was coming. I'm like, all right, I've talked to Ryan a few times on Discord, but I'm like, oh, he sounds pretty cool on uh, Discord, but like we've never actually talked at all. So when I met him, I'm like, all right, all right. And we've talked about this like what was it yesterday or two days ago of like. Uh, me reading people's key and everything and like initially meeting him like he had a he had a good like stance to him he had like a very charismatic stance to him and that's what i think has driven me to like i want to say a pretty damn close friend to ryan by now i don't I'd know say so. yeah like I, I don't drive to people's houses and drop off food for just anyone it, it, it's <laughs> going back to that as well it's even more endearing that chris did someone's like I, I know there's someone out there saying like, so what? He drove five minutes for fucking food. And you don't, the, the whole point of it and that makes it so endearing is Chris drove 20 minutes the other direction to get the food. Then 20 minutes back and 15 minutes in the other direction to give food to me. And then another 20 minutes to get to Ryan. And then when Though I did mess up our orders, Connor. It's it was hilarious. insane. Because... It's weird to see, like, I did not expect, and, like, I don't even know what to say, like, I did expect at the time, when, like, going from talking with you guys on Discord and stuff, and, like, playing games together, to meeting in person and stuff, and, like, I, it's weird because, to say it, it's like, 
everything that I think I know about someone on Discord can be completely wrong when you meet someone in person. Uh, I try to keep, like, my same character on Discord and in person, because I try I try live in uh, in the world of a, the second mask. And we'll talk more about that later when we talk about, like, ideologies, if we ever talk about that. But we also never said what characters we think Connor is. <laughs> go ahead. Hit me with that. I, I have a couple that I... Ryan, you go first. Couple. Oh. So... Uh, I, recently i thought this so i think shoji is one that i could kind of see <laughs> which, one, which, one which it kind of sound uh like the eight the, arms the tentacle guy oh okay and i can also see ida ida ooh, i'm very very curious as to reasons for both of them see so because those are not the characters i would have gone for period those aren't the ones i had in mind i well, it's just me thinking I feel like seeing how Shoji, like, has developed in the recent few episodes we watched. Uh-huh. Which, what episode did we end on? Oh god, I can't remember. Didn't we, like, just get to season three now? We just, we're about to get to a really big fight, which I don't want to... Oh, oh! We got uh, to a point where, like, a big fight's about to happen with USS. the main villain. USS! Yeah. The, so, the like... Main... It, they had stuff with them not being at the school recently and events happening in regards to that, which is, I think, the easiest way to broadly say it. Yeah. 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 But seeing his character be like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but seeing him be like, look, I know you have a hard decision here with... Like, choosing what to do with these two characters. Uh-huh. And to see him pretty much be like, look, I don't care what happens, I'm going to support whatever you do either way, it's your decision. I feel like I've seen you do similar stuff, and, like, you still support people, even when they might not do what you think is what they should do. I mean, I, I, I try to put forth into the world what I'd expect to have happen to me. And what that kind of entails is I, I'm a very kind of like, if you put a choice in front of me, I basically know what I'm going to pick right away. Like some of them I'll debate over, but I basically know what I would pick. <laughs> and I'm kind of always sitting there and I'm like, why wouldn't people pick this? But like, if you guys went out of your way and you're like, I want this one instead. I'm not going to be like, that's wrong. What the fuck? Like, I, I end up always being like, dude, I can see why you picked that. I Entirely, I'll be there for you. Like, whatever happens, man, you know, whatever you're doing, I'm going to be there. I'm going to support you. Because, like, I love seeing my friends grow. <laughs> and I love seeing my friends be the best versions of themselves that they can be and that they want to be. And helping them with that constant improvement is something I'm always willing to do. No it's what. really funny because hearing you say that, I remember how similar but also different from what you're saying there uh when we first started playing wow how we just wa- me and my brother who connor works with were like yo dude you gotta try wow and he finally was like yeah i'll try it and he was like what should i play and me and my brother at that point were just like play whatever you want we'll play around you 
and <laughs> hearing you be like, you guys can't just keep saying play whatever you want. You're too nice about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if if you're giving me the world and options here, it kind of bears down on me. <laughs> See, the characters I would think Connor were were either Ojiro or Tokoyomi. Tokoyami, okay. I could see Tokoyami as well. Damn, Tokoyami, because he is what hundred percent loyal to everyone in his class, and he seems to be the most who bounces between every clique in that class. But the man is dark inside, and I've known Connor long enough to that man can get darker than me, and I'm I can get dark. Listen, man, all I gotta say, and this this ties into the Tokoyami thing, all I gotta say, revelry in the darkness, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but dude. I also think, oh. I also think Ojiro, because the man is literally, I think, probably, besides uh, Sugar Rush, I can never remember his damn name. Sato. Sato. The reason why I say Odro is because Odro is probably either the nicest or second nicest character. Odro surprised me. I thought he was going to be really boring because it was just like, oh yeah, it's the dude with a tail. You know. But the dude's a ninja. Exactly. I didn't expect him to be like interesting to see how he uses a tail. I was just sitting there like, oh yeah, I've seen tails and stuff like... Oh, maybe that's how he gets his power, like Dragon Ball. But, like, he is a very kind-hearted person. And was, like, in Season 2, he goes out of his way to help Deku with stuff. And give him insight to a situation that he wouldn't have known of otherwise. And to see him, like, genuinely be happy when Deku overcame that obstacle, it makes you feel really good that, like, he has grown to have a, like, supportive network in that class. Ryan, you also said that you could see me as Ida, and that's really funny to me, because I actually view uh, Brendan, our, all of our mutual friend, and my, my best friend, I view Brendan as Ida the most, so I'm very curious why you think I'm like Ida, and I'd really like to hear the reasons. Uh, it's kind of selfish reasons, because I've it. had, I understand in some reason for me personally, like, I feel very good connection with Deku, with his, like, whole challenges of stuff like that he goes through. And Absolutely. the reason I say I see you similar to Ida is because I feel like I have tried to compete with you with stuff, i.e., like, streaming. You seem to be better at streaming than I am. I like example was earlier today you ended up doing a stream that was fairly popular and well like you were having like conversations with your chat and like really holding like a good pace with like talking with everyone in there and me personally I'm like okay I want to be like good at that and seeing you do it I'm like okay that drives me personally to want to like compete and I feel like I see Deku do that with Ida at times. And that's why I say it. Also, Ida's like, he cares about his family. He, like, has his own motivation for everything. Like, he knows what he wants to do in, like, 
deep down, like, he has his goal in mind. And I mm-hmm. feel like I see similar stuff with you. Well, I honestly, I could, that's really cool that you kind of view me as your own kind of rival. And, like, in a cool way where, like, we bounce off of each other and help each other grow. Because I've definitely noticed that. Where, like, someone will pitch a random idea. Like, hey, let's start a podcast. And normally people would be like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. And it stops right there. But with the two of us, it was, all right, cool. So what are we going to talk about? How are we going to do this? When are we going to record it? What are we going to do? What's our time? What's the name for it? Like, what's our topics for the day and everything? And, like, And then you sit down, and most people, it ends there. Most people, it's like, cool, we planned it. Let's never do it now. And then instead, it's you messaging me in the middle of a live stream going, hey, uh, let me get some admin permission so I can set up stuff for the live stream or for the podcast. Or, hey, uh, everyone, this is when we're starting it. If you want involved, just, like, hop in. Like, we actually pushed each other to keep going and actually make this a thing, and that's cool to me. It's cool to me that, that you view it. Like, I really do enjoy the idea of a friendly rivalry, and I feel like not only is, like, friendly rivalry a way to put it, but, like, encouraging each other to do our best. We're, like... We- we both have conversations with each other where we're like, no, you should do that. Like, don't just wait on it. Like, go do it now. And, like, that's why we started working out together. Like, you and I started, and we were, like, saying about how we were going to do stuff together. And then, like, quarantine happened, and they froze the membership or whatever. <laughs> but, like, we both were dead set on doing it. And during quarantine, there's been times where we talk, and it's like... Hey, like, I'm thinking about doing a workout, and we encourage each other to make sure we do stuff that, like, is good for us. We're pushing each other to be better versions of ourselves, and I feel like that's the best form of a rivalry we could have. Yeah. And And, then I come in and go, like, ah, yeah, working out's a thing. Which Come is why you say that, Chris. You say that, but like out of any of us, you're like the person that's there, that's like <laughs> hidden, where it's like you drop your ankle weights and everything, you're ready to go. Like, hey, want to hear something funny? <laughs> Chris is quite literally the Rock Lee of our friend group, where we're all like, "Yeah, dude, let's start working out." And Chris is like, "Guy Sensei, let me release the weights." <laughs> it's funny because uh, uh, when I started like really training, like my endurance and everything. I was running around my town, and I was actually wearing a 40-pound weight vest and two four-pound ankle weights. I remember that. And I was just running constantly with these weights on. So I would be lying. Quite literally, Rockley. I would be lying to say, watching my hero and Deku, like getting more power as time goes on hasn't made me be like, you know what, I can work out today. I can do, like, a set of curls and some push-ups and everything. Like, for some reason, I think the show, I'm enjoying it so much because I'm watching it and being like, yo, it's not that hard. I can do this. No, like, Ryan, I feel the same thing. When he I'm had reading, six uh, months. When I'm reading Superpowers, that uh, book makes me want to do like at least a hundred push-ups a day so like superpowers as itself beautiful book drew hayes you're a good novel not sponsored just just shouting out but no it's just like 
the characters in that, like, their progression makes me like, I'm a normal person. I, I can get strong, too. So, talking about quarantine in general and how, like, seeing what everyone's been up to besides, like, us playing games together and, like, watching anime, what has been, like, your ways of getting through this and, like, keeping yourself busy? Because, like, I personally was, like... All right, we're in quarantine. I'm going to go through backlog playing games. Like, I read some books and, like, I've been trying a whole bunch of different new things because I was, like, feeling like I need to try it in order to see if I would like it and to see where I could go from there. For I me, know. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Oh, okay. For me, it's honestly been reading a lot of the superpowered books that uh that have taken at least a week and it's kept me pretty occupied to the point where i've somewhat neglected some of my homework for college uh professors uh i love you still but your work sucks <laughs> but also but also i'm i'm constantly i'll go for drives i'll walk around my town i'll go for a hike i went for like one hike and i'll just walk around or i'll organize my room for a better part of two weeks, I've kind of just not left my room because the weather hasn't been good enough for me to go running without hurting myself. So I've been just like organizing my room and reading books or and honestly just doing calisthenics to keep my pecs up. Also, I just want to explain why me and Connor found it funny. Um, We are both similar and different in the regard of college. Uh, we don't feel it's the best path for everyone. Yeah. Oh, I 100% agree. Um, I know for me personally, uh, what I've been doing and like to to make do and everything like that is, I still work. I'm technically an essential worker, so they still have me working. And with everyone else who's been dropping, they've been giving me more hours, changing my shifts, whatever. Um, I'm still pulling like 40 hours a week. And most people would groan at that. Most people, you know, be like, "Shit, I don't get to, re I don't get relaxed." But I honestly, I never thought I would see the day where I'm actually excited to go to work, and like I'm actually driven to go to work. And most of that's due to my coworkers, because like shout out to my coworkers, they're pretty solid people, especially like Corey and like Sue, Corey and Sue. Those are the two main people who are like keeping me going. Oh, and I love you, but you're not there, so that's why. Um. But, like, it's honestly helped me in the sense of, like, I get to leave the house. Yeah, I'm putting my life at risk. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, in danger doing it. But I'm I'm getting to leave the house. I'm getting to do something that helps people, you know, even if only a little bit, and make a difference in people's lives and days and everything like that, especially in these trying times. And that's cool to me. And it's actually helped me kind of, for the once in my life, actually fix my sleep schedule. like. I have a set sleep schedule now where like I'm going to sleep at certain times and waking up at certain times and you know, I'm thriving from it. Like I actually have a set sleep schedule where it's not, let me stay up as late as I can and then pass out and wake up at three in the afternoon and get pissed off. Cause I miss half the day. Dude, like, to see you doing like going to work and everything. You are a braver guy than I am because there is no way that I would be comfortable doing that. Even in like perfect health and stuff i would be too scared of what could happen and i gotta commend you on it honestly there are days where i wake up and i'm like what if today's the day you know what if today's the day where i get sick 
and I go home and I, I screw up my parents. I screw up my brother. I screw up you know, my pets, everything. Like there are days when I wake up or I'm at work and I'm sitting there. And I'm like, I shouldn't be here. I'm at risk. I'm, I'm putting my family at risk. I can't do this. I need to go home. And, you know, it's, it's not perfect. I'm not, you know, of clear mind at all time. There's definitely times where I'm sitting there and I'm panicking. I'm like, maybe I should call out today. And, um, you know, I honestly probably should at some point, like, especially when we were at the apex and I was out, you know, six days a week, I should not have gone into work those that many days, especially at that time. Cause that's just kind of rough, but I don't know. I'm, I'm glad I'm out and I'm glad I'm making a difference. It, it's a very minuscule difference. I'm not going to pride myself on, you know, making a huge change in the world. I wouldn't say it's minuscule, dude. I'm the world would stop food... if people like you aren't yeah. around. I'm, I'm putting food on people's tables and I'm helping people eat, even if it's only something as simple as sandwiches. Like, I'm helping other people and I'm giving other people, you know, stuff to help them keep going. And that... I guess kind of fuels me and having, you know, my, my bosses and my coworkers rely on me for things and, you know, everything like that it makes me feel really good. It makes me feel happy that, you know, I am, you know, I'm a pillar here. People need me here. They need me to be doing things and like helping out. And that kind of drives me. And I guess that's what kind of drove, like drove me to, to fix my, my, my sleep schedule. So I would be, you know, more prim and proper and ready for work. And of course I have slip ups where I stay up till three in the morning and I'm like, shit, <laughs> I have times where I call out and I'm like, I can't do this today, whatever. But that for me is a huge driving point to keep saying in these times. And that to me is a huge driving point period just to keep going is the fact that I can make a difference in people's day-to-day lives and I can help people. And that's what I want to do. And uh, obviously I'm doing things I've never done before, like starting a podcast with my friends. That's something I've I never like I've thought about doing and like I've seen other podcasts. I'm like, I could do that. And now I'm I'm sitting here and I'm doing it. And who knows if this thing will take off? Who knows if this thing will just, you know, plummet. But I tried it. And that's cool to me. I, I'm working out more. And obviously, for any of you who have met me, <laughs> I'm not a fit person by any means. I'm not terribly out of shape, but I'm not in shape by any means. And you know, it's cool to me that this has given me the drive where I'm like, I'm going to work out. I'm going to live stream more and, you know, try to do the things I want to do and play games I want to play and try to build a community out of it, which I've been trying to do a lot more. And this has given me a good chance to. And I'm going to work out on stream every time I get a follower. <laughs> you know, that was something I never thought about doing. And that's something cool that I have. That I just started doing everything like that. And it's, I'm doing a lot of things I've never done, period. And I'm picking up the things I've wanted to do. And it's really given me the drive to do them and give them my all. And that to me is really cool. And so, I, I'm thankful for the opportunity. All right. So our audio equipment kind of cut out there. So due to the technical difficulties, I think we're just going to end the episode there. Uh, this has been the Madhouse Podcast, our first episode. You can follow us on Instagram at madhouse.podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. Subscribe, maybe. Madhouse Podcast. Same thing. Uh, I'm Connor Graham. This is Ryan Byrne. And our guest, Chris Saragusa, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Hopefully catch you the next time. Peace. Have a good one.